everyone. Welcome back to Creativity and Chaos, a 1LTN podcast. I'm Amy, and I Hi, am Amy. five foot eight inches, which means that I'm kind of tall in the 93.3 percentile. Missy, how tall are you? I am five foot three and three quarters inch, and okay, we said I could round it up to three? five foot four. Okay. All right. Five foot four. All right. Five. Fine. I mean. You are above average in the 52.8 percentile. Tommy, how tall are you? Me is 6'1". You are also kind of tall in the 89.7 percentile. And Liam, how tall are you? Yo. Liam, how tall are you? I am 5'10". You are above average in the 59.5 percentile. We're Mm -hmm. a family of above average height-wise family members going through the story writing process and family chaos. Oh, we're bringing you along for the shenanigans. Hello, everyone. So, Amy, hello. What percentile were you in? It literally... uh, You just said above average, so... Actually, it said kind of tall. Kind of tall? Calculate. Kind of tall, 93.9 percentile. That's pretty good. Highest percentile, baby. Highest percentile, but she's still short. <laughs> yeah, yes, you are. <laughs> you technically, you technically speaking, shorter than three members of this podcast. One is not present. Technically, we're all sitting down for the podcast. It doesn't even matter, anyways. <laughs> I don't know. All of our seats are drastically different in height. Technically, I am the tallest right now because of my camera angle. So, because her camera angle all the way at the bottom to make her look. Yeah, there we go. Missy is massive now. Look at her. <laughs> there you the go. Giant. Giant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, visual bits on an audio podcast. I, we like, always try to week. keep a tape measure within reach. Let's just see here. I heard that you could actually open a beer bottle or a, with a tape measure bottle with cap with a tape measure. Yeah, I can open a um, soda can with a tape measure. Yeah, but that one's like a little less impressive. <laughs> I feel like the fact that you said that means you do that on the regular. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I feel like that is your daily method of opening a soda can. While my seat height is technically 17 inches, when I'm sitting in it, it shrinks down to 12 inches. <laughs> I don't Mom took a... my tape measure, so I don't know. I don't know how high I am. You can buy one. You're part of the army now. <laughs> she took my she has her own wait, wait a minute she, <laughs> what does being part of the army have anything to do with the tape measure anyways and why did your mom take your tape measure i don't know she had her own but then she came in decided to steal mine because he used to always take my tape measure and my tape measure was like just relocated one day and i just assumed he took it i walk into his room and lo and behold there's a tape measure there so i took it and it wasn't until two days later where i'm like wait why do i have two tape measures and i haven't given it back wow what a terrible mother i am i'm the worst well i wasn't here last week i had tonsillitis it sucked i had to gargle salt aspirin and garlic water to get better and it worked so Uh i'm back baby (laughs) <laughs> you made Liam. You made Liam audibly cringe. <laughs> That's rare. Garlic <laughs> water. Yeah, salt water is like the what? thing that you. No, so no, no. the salt water is garlic. Yeah, so let's. She's getting to it. Salt water is the thing that you normally 
like gargle with when, especially if you have like a sore throat, but tonsillitis specifically because it's like an infection in your tonsils, it helps get into the nooks and crannies and clear that crap out. And then if you add aspirin to it, like crushed up aspirin, it helps to like medicate it while you're doing it. So it's like not as bad, but I always gag and want to throw up doing that because it's the worst tasting thing in the world. So Mm -hmm. my brain was like, let me add garlic to it. And then it's just like, I'm gargling soup. And I told this to mom and mom was like, actually, that's a great idea because they're natural antibiotics. So I was like, win, I'm a genius. And I didn't even know it. And I could gargle it. It was fine. It was just like gargling soup. It was a weird experience, but I'm not mad about it. You gargled soup and you got better? Basically, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty good. I need that as a bumper sticker. Gargle soup and you'll get better. (laughs) So growing up, mom used to give us the, you know, salt water aspirin concoction. Oh, and the water had to be hot, too. Not like scalding. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Very, very warm. So she would give that to us growing up if we had sharper tonsillitis. And it always made me feel so sick. Sometimes I would throw up. So I always dreaded it. And whenever she'd give it to me, I would like try not to use it, like do a yeah, tiny yeah. bit. And then she's not looking. Oops, down the sink. Uh-huh. Turns out I didn't find out till I was an adult. I'm allergic to aspirin. So. Oh, fun. <laughs> Love that for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't help either way. Oh, what a happy ending. <laughs> Well, last week, you guys all did your whole Nick Cage reviews, and it's not that I was trying to get out of it. I literally just couldn't talk without my throat wanting to die. So don't worry. I have watched my Nick Cage movie, and I'm ready to review. Since I wasn't here last week, I have no idea what you guys (laughs) talked about. I watched The Rock, not Mr. Johnson, but about Alcatraz, because apparently it's called The Rock. I didn't know that. And I don't know if any of you have seen it, but I will go through a brief summary. Essentially, a military guy was like, I'm military. I did secret ops and a bunch of my guys died. But because they did secret ops, they didn't get compensated for it and their families got left out to dry. So I'm going to steal some heavily crazy biological missiles and we're going to threaten the government and we're going to threaten San Diego by posting up an Alcatraz with uh, like 12 different missiles that are all biological and you're going to give us this money which I will give to those families who deserve it and then we won't kill all of these people. So that's the main premise of what's going on. And Nick Cage (laughs) is the FBI biohazard scientist that gets roped into everything which he had three weeks of training because he's like part of the FBI but he's like a lab rat right except miraculously he can do all of the things that these field FBI agents can do even if he's like not great at it but he's like I'm here and I got it oh and they had to get into Alcatraz so they had to get a prisoner who was the only person to escape Alcatraz And he's been locked up for forever. And it was Sean Connery, which is like, okay. And the reason why he was locked up in the first place is because he stole these files that had stuff like the first alien interaction and who what really happened with the whole JFK shooting thing. He stole it and then he never gave the file back. And he and so they're like, well, you're going to Alcatraz. And he's like, great, I'm going to escape. And they're like, well, now you're going to a different prison for the rest of your life. And they're like, we'll pardon you if you help us get back into Alcatraz. He's like, "Okay, sure. (laughs) And then it was like them trying to like infiltrate Alcatraz to like get these warheads. But like in the very beginning, when this military guy who's played by the cow boy with a black hat from Westworld. Don't remember his name. Ed something? I think. I can't remember. I want to say Ed Sheeran, but that's totally not it. That's not it. 
Anyways, when Ed was like first grabbing these like military things, like one of them drops on the floor, rolls and like gently hits a wall and just like dissolves. And like you see this guy like die and you're like, whoa, okay, these are very, very sensitive and like you you have to handle them with care otherwise they're gonna like turn to goo and kill everything except in like the last like half hour nick cage has one just like in his pocket he just like took one of them put it in his pocket he's like fighting guys he's like running jumping over things and like the very end he like takes one and like shoves it in the guy's mouth and I'm like, even that act should hurt you. And yet it doesn't. He's totally fine. He's Nick Cage. <laughs> it's Nick Cage. Yeah. This movie, it, oh man, it was, it was interesting. I don't know that it was bad, but I don't know that it was good, but I did enjoy Sean Connery. <laughs> it's just fun. It's just, yeah. it's, it's a action adventure. Good time to be had. This is true. So I will say the name you're looking for is Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yes, I knew what I was talking about. Cowboy in the Black Hat from Westworld named Ed. I knew what I was talking Nailed about. Nailed it. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, he definitely had like his bug eyes and never expect the movie to be great, but expect to have a fun time. I did. I had a, I had a fun time. He didn't have the crazy smile from what I could see, but a trope that I did find he had was where he does this thing where he like goes on a long rant and then it's like a pause and he's like, anyways, <laughs> like says something like to try to, I don't know, relieve his rant. And I forgot because he does do that in a lot of his movies and he definitely did it in this one as he was a prisoner in Alcatraz because there's a moment where he got locked up and then Sean Connery was like, I got out of here. Don't worry. I got you, bud. And so they escaped again. Oh, he did not stutter either. I didn't hear him stutter, oh. but. It was definitely a Nick Cage movie. I'd probably watch it again. <laughs> but I feel like I want to make a drinking game out of it because I think that would be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's actually a pretty did good idea. Did Nick Cage drink at all in this movie? I can't remember if he did or didn't. I want to say briefly in the very beginning because, oh, to show that he was like a competent biohazard person. They were like, hey, we got this mysterious package that's brought some red flags. We need you to check it out. And so they go into this like chamber. Then they have hazmat suits on and they like open up the box and it's got all these things in it. And his like co-workers like messing with it. And he's like, don't mess with it. And he's like, it's fine. And then the it was like a doll. And then the doll started spraying like some toxic something. And then inside the doll, there was a bomb. <laughs> and so <laughs> because of course there was. And so it was like spewing this like toxic biohazard stuff. And then also there was a bomb. And so he's like, give me the filters. I need the filters. And so he like diffused the bomb. So he diffused the bomb. He was fine. And he went home. And then his girlfriend was like, why are you home? And he's like, well, I am a, you know, terrorism. So I left early. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. So, so wait, not only was he a biohazard specialist that could, you know, identify biohazards and maybe neutralize them. He also, in that moment, was like a bomb technician specialist. Apparently. The, yeah. That's the thing. Also, there's this moment in the very beginning when you first introduced to Nick and or his character and they're like, hey, we got a package for you. He's like, oh, thankfully. And it was like a special edition LP of the Beatles. 
And they were like, why do you send it to the office? And he was like, because my girlfriend wouldn't approve on spending money on stupid shit. What was the point of that? Because nowhere else in the re- in like the entire thing, the Beatles were referenced or like records were referenced or like spending money on stupid shit was re- like none of that was referenced at all. Maybe it was to give a little insight into their relationship and how it was a little problematic. But don't worry, folks, because a baby will solve that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, he was like, never anyone that brings a baby into the world is like terrible. And I can't believe that you would do that. And she's like, well, I'm pregnant. He goes, oh, OK. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry. You saying that was problematic. He was like, yeah, that was before I knew. She's like, that was like seven seconds ago. He was like, yeah, well, a lot has happened in seven seconds. <laughs> OK. <laughs> oh, so over the top. Such a great yeah. one. So how would you rate your movie on a scale of one to ten? It's probably like a solid six. Okay. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) It was just okay. Wouldn't that be a five? Well, no, I get, I give just it a, okay, right because, in the middle. Well, no, you liked it a little bit more. more It had some fun. It had Sean Connery in it. That's she makes a really valid point. It's Sean fucking Connery. He's great. One point for Sean Connery. <laughs> it has. Can we just? I mean, all star cast though, like Sean Connery yeah. and Ed Harris and John yep. Spencer and Michael Bain. Is that how you say his name? I can never remember, but he's great. John McKinley. Like, l- look at all these people in here. It's freaking amazing. There was two women. Two women. In the entire movie, the one woman was his Nick Cage's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and then the other woman was Sean Connery's daughter, and they both had very little screen time. And the rest was like, "I'm in the military. Oh, I'm a bro. It's a very <laughs> on the film. FBI, <laughs> America. <laughs> so you know, very yeah, nineties. Oh, six. very, okay. very. Thank you, Sean Connery, for that point." <laughs> <laughs> Well, I watched Lord of War. It was a pretty good movie. And hilariously enough, a stark contrast from Face Off with specifically the amount of... Can't wait to hear your view on that. (laughs) (laughs) A stark contrast with the the amount of tropes that I saw in Lord of War, which I found very interesting. There are you to know nicholas cage tropes in lord of war oh and that was that was that was so so fascinating to me because it didn't feel like nicholas cage was in the movie it felt like a real actor no <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> no it it was it was a good movie okay so to, to preface it it's about a man and his growing ego in the arms dealing race essentially and how he is growing essentially a, a business and he can't stop even though he's been called out by multiple people he just can't stop he keeps going and it's a rather serious movie and i really enjoyed it uh, hilariously enough i think jared leto this is like my favorite thing i've seen jared leto in oh didn't know he's in because i do not like him now i don't think he's a good actor but i was like oh he's at it feels like he's acting now and I don't know. There's not much to say other than that it was a good movie, and it's kind it's semi letdown because there wasn't a lot of Nick Cage tropes. Maybe there was like kind of a, a lack of like emotional connection to that character, but it was completely written, I think, on purpose. And I think Nick Cage was the perfect actor to cast as that. There was 
you know, screaming here and there, but like he didn't break out a song. He didn't do his crazy bug eyes. Like it was just like this was a, a really good movie. And it had narration pretty much throughout the entire movie of Nick Cage being like, let me tell you a story. And it was consistent like a book throughout the entire thing. Him coming in with just a little bit of narration and the dialogue was good. It made sense. Every line that he delivered, it made sense. And it was like interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad. It was just a good movie that I can't, I can't like dookie on it or say anything. I think one of my favorite sequences and this this movie is pretty famous for the CG sequence because it was a CG one shot sequence in the very beginning where the it goes through a bullet's life cycle essentially mm, from conception really to when it's being shot. And you can tell it's like that early, you know, two decades ago, CG, early computer graphics, but for coming out in 2005, pretty great. Like you you can look past that bad bad CG because mm-hmm. it had phenomenal direction and it was telling a story the entire time and i think that's what this movie was it was just phenomenal direction consistently telling a story that was throughout interesting and this character didn't really change all that much throughout the movie they stayed the same but our perception on this character changed with the more he let happen essentially we're like oh oh he let this happen he let this happen and he's just not gonna stop he just continues being who he is and again our perception on him changes good movie uh eight out of ten yeah wow i'm so glad you liked it it's pretty good i legitimately though i don't think i would watch it again i got what i needed to out of this and i think that was a good first viewing and i don't i don't have a desire to watch it again it's not to say that that was bad it was just it was pretty good Ethan Hawke in this movie right. had more like weird Nick Cage mm-hmm. tropes than Nick Cage did. Yeah. It almost seemed to me like the theme of this story was like an a, a villain's origin story except you don't really realize he's the villain for a while. I had a uh feeling it was going to be a villain's origin story with the way it was working and yeah it's it's a good it's a good one in the sense of you don't necessarily morally agree with him but you understand where he's coming from you still find a way to empathize with him for Mm -hmm. a while at least and that's good direction that's a pretty good movie i thoroughly enjoyed that movie i expect it when mom first showed it to me i thought it was just gonna be another nicholas cage movie (laughs) and then i got that and i was like this is legitimately a really good movie that took a serious and interesting tone that captivated you on the arms race and how it's it there's only losers in it and it's just a bunch of unnecessary stuff that happens to a lot of people uh it just destroys lives and stuff like that and also the the dude the i don't remember his name but the dude that nick cage plays is um based off of the real life dude yeah, yeah i can't remember it was like the merchant of death i don't remember his name though mm-hmm. yeah it was it, they reference that name a few times but yeah it's he's based off of the merchant of death i don't want to give like too much away I'm trying to be like as vague as possible i gave I everything it's... away <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think, well, I mean, that's fine. I gave everything I think, away I mine, is... too, in an epic warning of, please don't watch this. I watched it for you. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I, I think it's a worthwhile watch. It's like, yeah. a, it's an interesting movie. I mean, first of all, with a title like Lord of War, all right, and seeing the poster, like, the poster is fantastic for this movie. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage being fully composed of bullets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Good watch. It's a good watch. It is a little bit slower. So I know for some people it's like slower and there's not action. So oh, 
Uh oh. The drama. Uh oh. Not really a drama. I don't even know how to categorize this movie. It's hard to categorize. It's really its own kind of thing. It is. Sounds like a movie I would not be interested in. Oh, no, you, you, you would not like you this. Would movie. Not like it at all. No. Don't. It's too serious. No, you can straight up be like, yeah, she wouldn't. It's too serious mm. for you. No. And yeah. too real. Too real, yeah. Um, you'd be sad, and you'd be like, I didn't watch a movie to be sad. <laughs> I don't want to be transported back to real life. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like I don't want to be transported back to real life, but I don't mind being sad. <laughs> the amount of times I watch Moulin Rouge, spoiler. Alert. Uh. You get sad. That's sad. <laughs> but it's sad so good. Movie. But it's entertaining along the way. We've been talking about movies. And Liam, I heard you watched a few movies. Me and you also watched an anime that I want to get to eventually. But tell, tell us, what movies did you watch recently? I'll start with the one that I watched myself. It's called The Slaughter Rule. came out in the early 2000s. The Slaughter Rule? Yeah. It has, it's a movie starring Ryan Gosling. And... <laughs> It's about, it's some small budget old movie. I don't even know why I watched it. I don't really remember much about it. You watched it because it's about a dude. Yeah, 100%. Okay, anyways. Yeah. I watched, (laughs) it's about a dude who. Ryan Gosling is Liam's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Okay. All right. It's about a dude who, I don't know if he's an orphan, but I know his dad just died. I think his mom is still alive. I don't remember. And this one dude who's like a coach tries to get him to be a football player in some random team in the middle of nowhere. And it works. He does that. The coach is kind of trying to be a father figure to him. But the coach is also like kind of weird and kind of a dude who is trying to maybe get some gains on him. That's a bit farther than what you would usually want from a coach, if you know what I'm trying to say. Also, Amy Adams is in it. It's like her first movie or something. I don't remember. Oh. It's one of her first movies. It's also one of Ryan Gosling's first movies. Two stars in the future happen to be in the same movie. It's pretty crazy. Anyways, it was a weird movie. It was not good. I wouldn't recommend it. it it's about a guy who isn't even good at football. It's supposed to be a football movie, but it, it there's barely any football in it. Amy Adams, I think, was his love, and it's supposed to like console him. That thing, I think that's what the movie was actually might have been supposed to be about. It's about love consoling him from a, a bad life. Also, he just starts yodeling like all the time in that movie. He's just <laughs> constantly yodeling <laughs> what? for no reason. I don't know if that was like supposed to be a part of his character, like a big thing. Is that like anything, anytime something like big happened to him, like or emotional, any kind of emotion happened to him, if it like raised two hours, like anxiety thing, just starts yodeling. Interesting. Were they trying to like play into that idea? Like did Maybe? they use that at all to the story? I don't know. Like... The movie was so goofy. It's really hard to tell because <laughs> the dialogue was weird. It was all just, it was bad. The soundtrack was bad. It was just, I wouldn't recommend, man. It was like a three, maybe a two. We'll give it a 1.9. It keeps going down. No, we'll give it a 2.4. It wasn't okay. that bad. <laughs> oh, we back up. Ryan Cosling. <laughs> but he is yodeling, which I was not a fan of. I don't, I'm not a yodeler. I'm not too big of a fan of yodeling going on. <laughs> Let me tell you, this dude yodels. So if you're a fan of yodeling and you want to watch a movie with a lot of yodel in it, <laughs> there's watch been, the slaughter there's been too many instances of, of yodel being said. <laughs> I don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> came out a while ago and let me tell you it looked like it came out in the 50s all right it was not the movie it was not a movie of all time did you watch any good movies i watched the bullet train 
And let me tell you, that was a fantastic movie. Me and mom watched that together (laughs) last night. That's a great movie. Eating sushi. And holy moly, that was the time. I loved it. I was like, I've been waiting to see this movie for a while. I got to watch it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just watch it with mom. Be a good time. We watched it together. It was a great time. It was an amazing time. Fantastic. Brad Pitt. And he eats. So many people. He eats. It has so many people, too. You're you're not wrong. It has so many people. I think recently that's some of my favorite direction in a movie. Just like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stylize and direct this in a very, very fun way. You just have fun while you're watching the movie. Yeah. Like when the two brothers are trying to re- recount their kill count. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're unreliable narrators. They're unreliable and the directing shows that whilst they're telling the story. That's so much fun. That is so much fun. You giggle at the fact that you're watching a flashback scene that is also being it's not really a flashback scene they like cut in and out I'm like wait was it this was it that no i killed this many people like it was just it was really fun i loved the direction i loved the constant i don't know it just felt like everyone wanted to be there yeah in, in a weird way like everyone wanted to be on camera everyone was having fun being on camera it was just good i thought it was fantastic it was so much fun. There was so much energy, even though it was like really violent and chaotic. It was also, it was very well paced, I guess. It's, for a movie that's going so fast, you could keep up with it. I also really like the the minimalism, the minimalism of the set, right? Almost the entire movie takes place on this train that's only a few cars, but because each car has a different theme or purpose going on, they're able to keep it interesting and keep it fresh as they're moving back and forth and back and forth. And so you can kind of follow what's going on based on the car that they're in. But I I enjoy movies where they can take a very small set and make you feel like you're not trapped in that set. Oh, yeah, I agree. Never once did I feel claustrophobic watching Bullet Train. I always felt like it was a different angle. They always shot it interestingly and they paced it wonderfully. Like they did a great job. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it, but I remember watching it and being like, wow, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was such a great time. And it it had exactly like you're saying, like you didn't feel claustrophobic, even though you were in a train. It was really it kept itself interesting, had such a great cast. You didn't really know what was going to happen, even if you kind of did know what was going to happen. It kind of kept you on your toes. And then there were so many people that they brought in. You're like, what the heck? Like, like, I don't mean like actors. I just mean there was just they kept bringing more characters and you're like, what? (laughs) And it was it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just a it was a really fun watch, which I feel like a lot of movies are missing. Yeah. Like, wow, that was so different and fun and I enjoyed myself immensely watching that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah, it, it did feel like they spent the entire movie introducing the cast. Like <laughs> Yes, they, yeah. There were there kept being a new cast member and they they do like a little thing like, okay, here's where this person comes into play with it. And they did that throughout the entire movie, but every time they did it, it was so entertaining. It was so entertaining and so dumb. That's why I love the directing of that movie is because they know it's dumb and yeah. they really play into it. Mm-hmm. They play into why would we be introducing like was it the water bottle? Yes. Was that what it was? Why yes. would we be introducing the water bottle all the way down the line? Like that was so great. That was so great. And it's 
I think to myself, what makes that funnier to me is like, how much money did they spend on this sequence filming a water bottle? It's at the end of the movie to like go back and show how it's been in the whole movie. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. It is just people like that movie was just fun. It was just so much fun. It was so good. And then you get to the climax of it and the whole thing is like a setup, but kind of a misunderstanding too. Because the whole purpose of it was getting revenge against this one guy who called out sick (laughs) and is only in the movie for half a second. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's so funny. (laughs) I remember watching trailers for the bullet train just because I was watching a lot of movies and theaters then and you saw bullet train come up. And I felt like the trailers didn't do it justice. I felt like constantly while watching trailers, oh, this is going to be just another cheesy, like, one-off movie that no one's going to care about. A dumb comedy, who cares? Yeah, I was like, I guess I'll watch it if I'm bored. And I was bored, and I watched it with a friend, and we both thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good. Liam just came to me yesterday, and he's like, Mom, I got this movie, let's watch it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Such a great time. I loved it. I loved it so much. It's just so much fun. Well, it's very clever, and every Everything is so wonderfully interwoven in a very specific and intentional way. And I really like it when every aspect of a film has, or, or story in general, has purpose. There aren't throwaway parts to the story so it it makes it very dynamic and just ultimately clever was was the best word i could come up with to describe this movie it was just so well done if you don't mind blood and violence go give it a c it's so good from what i've gathered it's good it's fun it's interesting (laughs) we've said this all so many times yeah i like the last highly entertaining oh highly entertaining Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you using your time to listen to our shenanigans. And have you guys seen Bullet Train? Why not? Go watch it. What are you doing with yourself? Also, what's your favorite Nick Cage movie? And why is it absolutely face off? Let us know. You can hit us up on all of our socials at 1L2N Productions over on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit, or on our website, which is 1L2NProductions.com. And if you liked our stuff, it would actually help us out like a great deal if you could rate our show or give us a thumbs up. It just helps us get out the word there. And then leave us a review because we'll read it and we'll review your review because we're just that out of content. (laughs) And if you like what we're doing, you want to help support the cause of chaos, you can head on over to our Patreon. I swear to God, Melissa, if you get it again, I'm going to punch you. God damn it. The last word of the day goes to Missy. Take it away. I just want to say to our future AI overlords, thank you. Thank you for saving us from ourselves. (laughs) 